and one. Hey folks, Sir Charles Carey here back for another episode of What's Your Come Up Story? You know, everyone has a story, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not. And believe me when I tell you, someone can always benefit or learn from the things that you've gone through. So never take your story for granted and never take your story lightly. And today we're going to talk to a gentleman that has a story of his own. <clears throat> and like many of us, you know, it's funny. Sometimes people think because you become a professional that everything goes right and everything is always, you know, a particular way. And that's far from accurate. Life is life. It doesn't care about you, me, or anyone else. And we're going to go deep talking to our guest today. Hold on. We'll be right back. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Hello. Good evening. How's how's it going? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. I'm doing really well. I'm sorry. I just didn't hear for some reason. For some reason, I see you talking, but I don't hear anything you're saying right now. Like, why is that? Hmm. Well, Charles and KFit, Charles, I didn't hear anything you said the last two and a half minutes. You were on mute, I think, and I'm not good at reading lips. So you oh, you know what? KFit said the same thing. I apologize to both of y'all. I'm sorry, KFit, and I am sorry, Bobby. Um, you know what? In fact, then that means no one heard the intro. Let me just reintroduce you because I think it's really important. Um this gentleman that we're going to be discussing uh, today's topic with, what's your come up story? He is a webcasting producer, international webcasting producer. He's done shows of, uh, I just can't tell you how many different types of shows, interviews, conversations. I mean, he's just about done it all, if not done it all. He's been around for a long time, like myself, and I've gotten to know him a few years ago. And lo and behold, he's still here, still at it. And he's had some hiccups. We're going to try to unpack some of those hiccups and talk about, you know, how he bounced back from where he was. Because I know that there is someone out there that has gone through something and it just took him out. 
you know, they just gave up or they just uh, couldn't and didn't believe enough in themselves to get back on their feet and keep marching forward. So we're going to talk to Bobby a little bit about how he was able to get on track. But before we get there, let's find out a little bit about who Bobby is. And K-Fed, how you doing today? I apologize to you. No problem. I'm doing well. I'm happy I can hear you. We all hear at the same time. I'm doing really good. Back in the jungle here, you know, surviving, thriving. So excited to meet Bobby. I'm like, okay, I didn't get his Instagram, so I have to have ask all his business tonight. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Bobby, we want to jump right into it because there's no time like the present. And one of the first thing, things I wanted to ask you was, who is Bobby? Who's Bobby Dignard? I mean, like, where are you from? I know you're from Tampa, but I, I don't know much more than that. Can you give us a little insight on who you are and how, before we get to where you are and what you're doing? All right. Who am I? Well, thank you, first and foremost, uh, K-Fit and Sir Charles, for being on your show. And I've been watching the last few episodes, and you guys are on a good roll. So thank you for having me here. And who am I? God, I, I was asking that question this morning. <laughs> <laughs> who am I? Oh, God, and where am I from? Well, let me answer the question, who am I? And I'll answer it two ways. Okay. One that everyone should understand. And then I'll give a more esoteric definition for those who are here because they're your troops and they'll understand at a deeper level. I'm a connector, and... Uh, I connect people. I love people. I've been connecting people for decades and with the internet. Well, we've gone international, as you know, as you're doing and with your show. And um, the more esoteric definition, uh, more spiritual, I guess, uh, or quantum physics, whatever you want to look. I'm the space that connects people of similar vibrations. And I discovered that in 94 because I realized we're just big blobs of space. <laughs> If we took an electron microscope. So I'm a connector. I love um, being part of something that resonates with me. Uh, and my motto is, if I don't love it, I ain't doing it. So, But how were you we as are. a kid, though? I was, as a kid, oh, my goodness. As a kid, I was an introvert. I didn't like to mix with the group. Uh, I remember uh, reading my second grade, uh, grade card. Uh, school uh -huh. report. report card. Yeah, I said, yeah. Bobby, yeah, report card. Thank you. Yeah, that's how long I've been out of school. <laughs> um, the teacher said, Bobby's a good student, but he doesn't mix well with the group. And I realized, in, you know, maybe in the last 25 years, why? I, I just don't like being a follower. I like to do things. I, I'm not good at working for someone else. I like to do my own thing. I don't like to study who's preceded me with an idea because I don't want to imitate, and um, I just like to go places. So um, as a webcaster, I had no choice, because I started webcasting in 2004 out of Costa Rica, and virtually no one was doing webcasting in those days. So I, I had to learn by doing, and it's in that topic of conversation on one of, of the chats. Follow your passion, just do it, right? And then you, you get decent at it. Eventually, you get good at it, right? So yeah. That's who I am. That's what I do, I guess. I use webcasts so, but are, are as a you, convenient tool. Now, you said Costa Rica. Now, before there, was Tampa your central oh, yeah. hub? It was. Okay, yeah, let me tell you. I'm Canadian. So, yeah, I didn't answer the second part of the question. I'm Canadian. Moved to um, 
Tampa, Florida in, two, in 1992. I uh, had an opportunity presented to me, so I moved there. I lived there 10 years. Then I moved to Costa Rica for 10 years, and it was nine years I've been in Brazil. So it looks like I have this cycle, this 10-year pattern. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I plan yeah. to stay in Brazil, you know, so yeah. Tampa Bay was uh, just great for me. I met so many wonderful people. H. John Mejia, which you know very well, and, um, you know, met him there, and we stayed connected ever since. Nice, nice. Yeah. Now, what got you interested in, you know, the Internet and, you know, the technology aspect? What got you interested in, in those things? Oh, my God. Do you remember um, 1987 when CompuServe was around? Are you that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Remember uh, dialing into the internet would go. All right. So I logged in the internet for the first time in 1987, and it was only text, and I was blown away. I could get the news in text. So that's mm -hmm. my, my entry point. And then a friend of mine, um, uh, basically a year later, said, Hey, do you know you can send email messages through the internet? I said, Really? I said, I have no idea how to do that. And he was in Naples, Florida. I drove two hours one way. I bartered with him. I gave him a, one of my courses at 489. I bartered one hour of his time for him to teach me how to send an email. Drove two hours back, and that was the entry level. And um, what really got me going was that 2000, I was fortunate, year 2000, I, um, I, I did very well financially, and I took a whole year off. I, I thought I was retired, and I started just studying what could be done on the internet versus doing, um, you know, uh, live conferences in a hotel room, which I'd been doing for, for a long, long time, for a decade. And that got me interested. I said, how can we reinvent ourselves online? And I studied it as well as I could. And once I was in Costa Rica, I applied it because I didn't want to travel ever again, right. be away from my kids. So uh, that was the, the motivator, stay at home, do conferences online. So 2004, I began. At, so at once you once level. you got the hang of it, I guess you know sending emails through the internet and you know making that connection. I guess AOL was like the big, yeah, uh, big thing going on. I guess that one thing led to another, and you know, is that how it, it kind of unfolded for you? Totally organically grew because if I look at where we are today, it's like trying to watch your hair grow. Well, in my case, <laughs> no, but uh, you know, you don't see it grow, and and it just. Um, I just learned everything by doing, and of course, as you might expect, a lot of mistakes along the way because there was no resource for me to go to to do what I wanted to do at the time. Okay, I'm, I'm letting a couple of people are trying to get into the show, so I just let a couple of people in so that okay, they can great. check the interview out. I just happened to look down, and thank goodness I noticed that. Um, <clears throat> so now... Came from Canada, made your pit stop in, in Tampa, you bounced around to some other places, and now you're in Brazil. In Brazil. Wow. wow, how is that, living in Brazil, man? Is it nice? The more, well, it's a challenging country, more so than many countries, 200 million people, extreme pro poverty, um, and the lack of internet uh, for the first six years literally put me out of business and um, I was losing my mind, I must tell you. But uh, how is Brazil? I love it here. I really love the culture. 
um, a lot of music here. It doesn't matter how poor they are, they always got the music and the barbecues going on the weekend and the family gathering. So it's a very festive type of country. Beautiful people, yes, there's the flip side of that. You got a handful of them that spoil the, you know, the uh, reputation of the culture, but uh, I love it here. I love it here. I'm here so, to stay for a long to time. So, tu parles français, tu parles espagnol, uh, what, what's your language? Je parle français. I, I speak Portuguese. The, the native language here is Portuguese. I don't speak any Spanish, by the way. Uh, I was in Costa Rica 10 years, and I never learned Spanish. My kids did, became fluent. And here's the reason why. I immersed myself in a community all English-speaking people, so I didn't have to make the effort. My kids right. had to learn because they were in school, playing in the schoolyard. They became fluent. But when I moved to Brazil, I made a commitment that I would move to a town where there's no English-speaking people, and I didn't know a word of Portuguese when I decided to move here and when I landed here, and uh, I still, you know, struggle with the grammar. But, you know, so I speak English, French, Portuguese. Yeah, and, so you um, do speak French. Okay. Oh, that's my native language. That's my. That's my what mom I was saying. Yeah, to parle français. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. je parle français, absolument. Français canadien, okay. French Canadian. Yes. There you go. It's not there a good go. French. It's not a good French, you know. And it's all uh, good, though. It's all good. Look. It's all um, good. When when, when uh, my younger two children were uh, like toddlers, their babysitter spoke like three or four languages: uh, Cuban and and German, um, mm. of course English, and I think. Um, um, American. Well, I guess you can call it. I, I call it Spanglish, you know, because that's yes. what I speak Spanglish, you know, broken down Spanish, and I, and I love it though because I get to learn constantly and speak to people from different native uh, Latin uh, countries, and I'm always learning wh what's you know different from their dialect from another dialect. So it's always good yes. to keep yourself going. Man, Absolutely. you have you have made the 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 rounds now. What was one of your, I guess, most challenging times, you know, I guess in the, in the, from the 87 to 97 or to the 2000, from 87 to 2000, what was most challenging for you? Wow, most challenging. You know, I said 87 when I logged on to the internet. That's not accurate. I, okay. I, I get my timelines. It was 1997. Okay. That I logged on to the internet the first time. 87, what was most challenging in those years? Well, I was flourishing in the audio industry. I had an audio store uh, that I'd started in 1981 with a, a good friend of mine. We love music. Um, but 87, 88, 89, uh, partnership, you know, fallout. I opened up a CD store. And I don't know if you recall 1990, but the interest rates, at least in Canada, uh, they basically uh, doubled overnight. And um, I didn't know how to manage my business uh, with those kind of incredible rates on borrowed money. And uh, my bank manager called me in for a meeting one day and he says, Bobby, I'm so impressed with your business, your house, your car, your sports car and your truck. Give me the keys for everything. <laughs> so I lost everything. I was absolutely homeless um, June of 1990. So that was one of the most challenging times, uh, rude awakening, humbling. So awakening. did the business close immediately? Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, but you know what? My bank manager did something my cardiologist couldn't do. He got rid of my chest pains because I didn't have to worry about anything more. You know, <laughs> like I was emptied. You know, it's like um, virtually overnight, I, I 
I was able to breathe again. I wasn't trying to keep up with the Jones and all that stuff. And right. And uh, so, yeah, very challenging. But I, I started running a homeless-based business, and I, I went to direct sales. I was running my business out of my car. My bro had co-signed me a, a, a car loan to get my sports car back. And oh, okay. uh, immediately I went from zero, from zero to making a, a five-figure monthly income in my first month. And a lot of people say, well, how did you do that? And I said, well, it's not how I did it, but it was the, the big decision I made going into it. So difficult situation. I had to look in the fictitious mirror, Charles, right? What caused 10 years of hard work to collapse, you know, what appeared instantly. And it, it was because I was totally disorganized. And I said, wow, now I need to get organized. I had 500 bucks left in my name. I invested 489 of that money to take a priority uh, time management course, priority management, a full day training, how to organize my thinking, my priorities. And I took that new mindset and new skill into an amazing opportunity. Most people would not have done what I've done, take their last 500 bucks to invest in themselves. So is it the opportunity that helped me flip the switch or was it the decision to really invest in myself and go for it and correct the past as quickly as I could? So challenging and then from zero to hero virtually overnight. Wow, they say that sometimes when you don't have any other options and it's an absolute must, you would be surprised at what you can do. And I believe that's that. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My back is it wasn't even against the wall. I had no wall. <laughs> it's a, um, where could I go from there? It's uh, it, but I right. fell in love with the direct sales opportunity I was in. And um, it was, again, it was love resonating and people I, I was being mocked. People in my hometown were laughing at me for, you know, losing what I had and then starting direct sales. And I was selling uh, uh water filters and air filtration and people saying, oh, Dean Yard, Dean Yard's a plumber now. And um, so I left my hometown, changed your environment, and I was able to flourish. My, my mentor said, hey, come and live under my roof for 90 days. So uh, there's the big lesson in that is, uh, you know, I believe that we're protected. When, when, when we hit rock bottom, um, what I've learned after I was in Brazil, I didn't learn at the time, but I, I learned now that we're fully protected through the adversity. And that's a good belief and a good faith to have, even if we don't have the evidence to support it. Eventually, yeah. if you, everyone looks at their situation, if, if you look at any situation you may have been in, and, um, you know, you, come, you came out of it. Yeah. There's always miracles happening every day. So in, anyone listening, when you're in it, yeah, you don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, I like to say, well, you don't have to look. You don't have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Remember, you're the light in the tunnel. You're protected. Mm. You'll be enlightened in the right moment with the right person. Maybe a book you're given. And uh, Jim Rohn, like my first personal development audio tape um, that I listened in 1990. I, I didn't even know personal development existed then. Uh, right. And my mentor gave me this tape from Jim Rohn, and I'd listen to it in my car all the time, all the time, all the time. That led me to Tony Robbins, the live seminar. Then I discovered the industry of personal development, and that was a Amazing. that was one you of be, the you, that you sound like a natural native New Yorker because that's how we go. We hustle, man. We get it done. I mean, yeah. I was in direct sales myself, and 
did some things that they were not on my goal list because I didn't even write a list. But when I achieved the goal or the milestone, I was like, oh, wow, okay. You know, but it was just sheer, I guess, a natural thing for me, a natural evolution on how to make moves. But what we're going to do here, Bobby, is, well, first of all, if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Bobby Ninyard. He's an international webcasting producer. Uh, He has done so many different shows all over the world, all sorts of uh, uh, professions and industries. And if you're not careful, you just might learn something. But uh, (laughs) if you're watching, just put hashtag live. If you're watching in replay, please put hashtag replay so that we know that you are here. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to make them. We'd like to field as many questions as possible. Bobby, we're going to mix it up a little bit. K-Fit is going to ask you some questions and, you know, we'll bounce back and forth and, you know, pull a little bit more out of you and, you know, get to the essence of where you are today and, you know, what's next, and et cetera, et cetera. So, K-Fit, do you have any questions for Bobby? Absolutely. I surely do. So one of my first questions I have for you is, you know, listening to your story, what are some of your strengths as an entrepreneur? I hear so much glory and wisdoms can you share some of your strengths you have as an entrepreneur yeah the strength i i I think the strength is um being stubborn (laughs) you know when i set my mind to an idea i don't let the critics um get to me i'll give you an example of that i was 18 years old i came out of college i studied as a paramedic but every time i'd go to the gym in the morning i would see the radio station the, the, the campus radio station, I said, wow, that would be so cool to be in a radio station like that. And I kept affirming that. I came out of college, I started a DJ business for parties, playing music, and uh, that led to, but my, I borrowed $10,000 in 19, oh my God, uh, 19, no, 1979, I borrowed $10,000 to start this DJ business. My parents thought I'd lost my mind because in those days, People hired bands to play at their weddings and parties, not a DJ. But I set it up like I looked like a band. And so I didn't let anyone, my critics, my beautiful parents, uh, get in the way of that. I was stubborn because it was driven by passion. Very nice. I love that. Can you just tell us in your own words what you feel success is? Oh, wow. What a success. Doing what you love, doing what you love. You know, you don't have to have the, re- I, I'm not after the result. It's like the result is always out there in the future. Live in the moment, like love what you do, love who you become, love the people around you. I think that's success. I mean, now, if you'd asked me that question 25 years, 30 years ago, you would have had a different answer. But loving what you do, loving who you are. Very nice. So since you've watched the show, I know you know this upcoming question. What advice would you give the 18-year-old Bobby? Yeah, I know. I heard the question. I never even thought about it uh, as an answer. But what, what advice? God, what advice? I think the advice is, you know, just keep going for it. I mean, uh, did I quit at times? Of course I quit, you know. But most of the time I persist and I keep doing it. But never, never, never quit especially if you're in love with the idea. So it's, that would be the advice. Just block out the critics, go for it, and make sure you love what you're doing. 
don't do it for the money. Don't chase the almighty dinero. So maybe at times I was chasing the money. But most of the time I was chasing just the sheer passion. Didn't even know how I was going to monetize an idea. Yeah. So, yeah, go for the passion. Always. Priority. Nice. So my next question for you, if you ever could think of having an alter ego, you know, something you're not so Bobby-ish, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, a superpower or an alter ego you can have that, you know, would be helpful to you or just in general, like something you wish you could do that, you, you know, unrealistic to obtain? Yeah, I wish I could do the instant manifestation thing, you know, <laughs> like just zap your fingers and make it happen, not for myself but for other people who are suffering. I wish we could just hit that switch and take care of people instantly. That's so nice. I haven't heard that response yet. That, that was really different for most people when I asked that, that question. Um, no. So my next question for you would be, what does it mean to you, for you to be a man? You know, men have so much, you know, stigma and, you know, power in 2021 from political to the regular household. For you, what does it mean to be a man? Wow. Well, you know, is uh, what does it mean for me to be a man is, uh, is to honor the, the feminine side of it so we, I can relate to my beautiful soulmate and, uh, and, and not be shy about expressing emotions because we're in a world of emotions, accelerated emotions the last two years, aren't we? And, um, but a lot of people are suppressing it. And I think it's uh, when you suppress it, uh, you get ill. When you suppress it, it can kill you. So just express it. And, uh, you know, like I was brought up as a man. It's not cool to cry. Right. Well, I tossed that idea out, express it, allow it to be. And um, more so nowadays than ever before. Very well said. I've never heard it said that way. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for, you know, the transparency on that question. Yeah, I think um, people are, men are definitely very uncomfortable with themselves that, you know, one, they won't express their emotions or share their emotions. Yeah. Honestly, they won't say to a woman, I love you. They won't, they won't say openly or publicly, I felt vulnerable. You know, I was afraid. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. You know, it's like it's those statements that I just made, for example, it takes courage to say oh, yes. those things. You know, that's nothing to uh, shy away from. It takes absolute courage, man or woman. But for men, sure. you know, we've got for this men. shield that really messes us up. But Bobby, I want to get into we're going to come back to K Fit and some more questions. I want to okay. dig a little bit more into um you know, some of your background and some of the challenges that you've had. Now, I know that about a year ago, um, you had some challenges and uh, you kind of had to shift, you know, and you're back again. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, let, let me frame let me frame that and be transparent uh, with the audience. Um, you know, I'd been in Brazil for eight years. It, I, it took 12 moves to find a good internet connection so I could get back on my webcasting saddle in June of 2017. And then um, I had consistency. Uh, I wasn't doing extraordinary, but I was living a nice life on Copacabana Beach. And uh, just as I'm entering some new contracts in March of 2019, that is, we all know how hell broke loose on the planet. 
and then I start to struggle again. Fast forward to a year ago in December, and um, after living in this condo, renting for four and a half years, I was behind, behind on my rent. The landlord evicted me, and um, I had no dinero. I didn't know where I was going, and, um, and some friends of mine. And I'd been feeding the homeless, so you know. Prior to that, we already fed nearly 3,000 homeless people in the past two years. But my friend said, hey, Bobby, it's not so bad living on the street if, if I'm you because you've got a lot of good friends on the street now. I mean, you've been feeding them for nearly a year. So we put humor into it. But nevertheless, yeah, I was in a very challenging spot. And that's when you realize um, you realize how you leave some kind of long-lasting positive impression on people with the work you've done. I started reaching out to people I'd met online. Now, most of the people I know, I've met online over the last 15 years. Um, I've got a handful of friends that I've met in real life that we stay in touch with. Uh, so I was stuck. I had 24 hours. Um, they gave me my eviction notice on, on the eve of my birthday. Can you imagine? Happy birthday, Bobby. And uh, so I had nowhere to go. So I, I did sort of a private crowdfunding very privately. I didn't want to advertise it because, you know, when you're in it, it's not good for business, right? Now I can brag about it a year, <laughs> a year later, right? Um, so I, put, I told him, I said, I, I need to move. My girlfriend was in Sao Paulo. That's a six and a half hour drive. Wow. She said, well, I found an apartment hotel and it's so much a night. And you'll need so much, blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, so that means I need in 24 hours, I need to find money to move. I need to find money to prepay the apartment hotel. And I just put out some emails to friends, and they were sponsoring one-night hotel, three-nights hotel, four-night hotel. I had a total stranger come out of nowhere, I guess through someone I knew, yeah. and she sponsored the 15 nights of hotel for me. And I went, nice. wow. So I got, so I got here. No, no internet, though, like Wi-Fi in the apartment building, you know, the, the general Wi-Fi. So I couldn't do any webcasting. And um, as much as I was chasing internet for eight years at that time, I had moved 12 times. Here's a, a miracle. And there's a lesson in this for everyone. You know, when you're least looking for it or trying to push the issue, that's when it shows up. So I'm here three months. In March, the apartment hotel manager realizes what I do for a living. And she realized I'm very frustrated with the Wi-Fi connection that craps out most of the time. She, um, oh, are we still live? Yes, are we still yeah, on we'll air? Yeah, we'll okay, okay, all right. Couldn't see you guys anymore. So the, 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 the manager of the building says, hey, listen, um, I've ordered an optic fiber connection for you, and they're coming to install it tomorrow. Who does that? Wow. Now, they didn't charge me for it. They, a total stranger, a manager I barely knew. <coughs> Hi, hello. Make the you know the payment every week or every month, every two weeks. She gets the optic fiber installed, and this is by far the best internet connection I ever had in my entire webcasting career. So, what was I chasing when I was being chased out? I wanted to be close to my honey. I wanted to be close to Ellis. She lives in this area, and I said, if I'm going to relocate, not my favorite place to be, but if I have to relocate, let me go where I'm in, you know, where there's love. I'm in love with her. She accepts me for who I am. And love caused 
the internet to show up, I guess. So like, yeah, all that in, in a very short period of time, quite amazing, quite amazing. Like sleepless in Seattle, bold in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a chapter to the book, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, just that's, a miracle. That's a One of those miracles. Story, and I do yeah, believe in. I do believe in miracles. I know the way we were told stories as children. I think many of us still look at miracles as this thing where you see stardust or some kind of smoke appear, and there's this harp sound. And we dismiss miracles because it doesn't show up that way. But I do believe that miracles show up in different ways, depending on who you are, what you have to offer in the universe, and how you're going to get there. So I believe that was a miracle of sorts in its own way. And that's just sure. a phenomenal story. Yeah. So daily tell miracles us a little bit observe. about some of the different programs that you have uh, produce the webcasting programs you produce wow that's loaded um, well i started out of costa rica i used to do my own show every saturday morning at 10 a.m north american eastern and in those days I, I must admit there was no video camera it was powerpoint and audio and i always pride myself in having good sound and i, I invested a lot of money in a microphone my 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 wife ex-wife that's why she's ex i guess Say, are you crazy spending 600 bucks on a microphone? <laughs> she didn't understand, I right? I get it. So um, so I started on Saturday morning organically, didn't do any marketing, and then people started to drop in, Charles. And God, and it grew, and it kept growing into a community. And first thing I know, I had uh, I never had a big audience on Saturday morning, but I had a consistent 100 to 150 to 200 people dropping in. But collectively, the database grew in no time to 10,000 people. So well, what they, was your content? Uh, what was your subject matter? It was like, just share your experience, your passion, your love, personal development. See, what I'd done prior to internet for nearly a decade, I was a skilled development specialist in direct sales. I traveled North America teaching people how to become effective in their choice and time management. I wonder where I got that idea from, right? And then also, um, I was teaching you know, the, the law of attraction, law of vibration, but really the law of vibration in business terms uh, way back then. So I was teaching that online. I felt, I, and then uh, one thing led to the other. Um, one of the big names that I brought on board, which I had worked with for three years, is Bob Proctor. If anyone knows Bob Proctor Absolutely. from the movie The Secret, You Were Born Rich. I worked with him for three years before his big, big success with uh, The Secret. Um, I was doing a, a live I called it the Magnetic Freedom Week. I would go Monday to Friday, two hours every night, um, with two hours of content, a lot of, lot of specialists, but I was delivering a lot of content, and my first night I had Bob Proctor. I, I text him and I said, hey Bob, I said, I'm doing this week. I said, you've been such a, a, an influential mentor of mine. Would you spearhead the series? And um, it was quite amazing. He did. And that was the week that the movie The Secret launched, unknowingly to me. And wow. Bob announced it. And organically, uh, that was one of the biggest events we did. And, um, and we invented new products within the week, like a, a magnetic retreat in Costa Rica. And then I had 50 people booked at it, an average cost of 2500 up to 5000 A whole week in the rainforest to do live personal development. We did three of those. 
And we actually webcast one of those in the middle of the rainforest where they told us it was impossible to webcast. We found a way to push the internet single through the electrical outlets and we were uh, delivering a high definition webcast in, uh, let me see, 2000, late 2007, out of the middle wow. of the rainforest. So that was like a turning point, confidence, if, you, if I can say, that uh, miracle. So, um, oh, what else? I've done 24-hour webcasts uh, to, as fundraisers music for- stuff? Oh yeah, a lot of music stuff, thank you, yes. Uh, 19, uh, 19, 2011, I launched Promote the Music. Um, Actually, what preceded that was June. That's a good story to, to share. Um, 2010, June 2010, I launched funkyjazz.tv. But what preceded that is all the personal development. And I'd gone through a divorce, and then I was in August prior to that, and I was listening to people's problem in my personal coaching. And honestly, I was tired of being a psychiatrist or psychologist, I should say, um, to people, to clients. Um, I went to Tampa Bay, took my nine-year-old son there for uh, his ninth birthday. We, we went and watched Tampa Bay Lightnings uh, for two hockey games. And that week, I made the decision that I'm getting out of personal coaching because I'm tired of it. I have my own problems and, you know, so I asked the key question. I had no sense of direction, but my son was sleeping and I asked the question, what did you love as a child? And that'll lead to an the answer to your question. And instantly, the word music came up. So I said, I'm going to be full-time in the music business by June. I'll finish, finish my contracts, don't, not take new clients. And June the 1st, I went full-time webcasting Sunday night, funkyjazz.tv, and an HD, five-camera shoot, and interacting with the audience. And then adversity hit again. The internet companies were fighting with each other. I couldn't get a good single. I was out of business for five months. And I declared in August, I declared in August that I was going to go HD with PromoteTheMusic.com on September 24th. And I had no internet, basically. I didn't even know how I was going to do it. But by declaring it, guess what? We launched Promote the Music. Uh, it was a four and a half hour webcast. We went every Saturday and uh, nice, interacted. Nice. Yeah, so so I love music, man. You know, you, we reconnected because of your music. And yeah, we're going to yeah. do a show soon, so right? So I, yeah, exactly. So you've had a well-rounded range of uh, uh, people on your platforms, and that's I find that to be very interesting because I truly believe that <clears throat> many times we think we're supposed to do something in our lives, and we are, but who's mm -hmm. to say that it can't be diverse, that it can't of be course. you know more than one thing? Normally, I think we kind of spearhead or you know follow a train of thought that I'm going to be an accountant and that's it yes. or I'm going to be a you know phys ed person or whatever the case may be but who's to say that you can't be an accountant that does seminars or that you can't be a CPA uh, that you can't train that you can't be a professor you know and it can all support one another the different things you know like for exactly. myself you know speaking is uh, was not my first love music was and uh, mm. you know I didn't realize that, okay, well, you're not just a singer, but you can also write. You can also produce. You know, you don't think that way, but we need to start to broaden our minds with what we are capable of doing. So, K-Fit, yeah. 
What other questions sure. might you have for Bobby? I'm sure. So my next question for you would be, although Asambi were born to do this, was it ever any doubt in your mind that there was something else you wanted to do, such as be a doctor or be a painter or be a chef? Was there ever that idea like, you know what, I really want to do this, but this is getting all the attention right now? Well, that's a great question. You know, you, you hit adversity, and I, and I had my adversity, obviously, along the way in webcasting as well, no internet. And every time I would sort of uh, explore that question, well, what is it that I want to do now? What am I going to do when I grow up? Because I, clearly this is not working. Guess what? I drew a blank. I drew a blank. I drew a blank. And I said, I can't think of anything else I would rather do than do this. So, no, I kept at it, and um, I didn't force it. I allowed it to evolve. I did surrender to God more than once, believe me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can't think of anything else because it's connecting with people. And like Charles said, we incorporate our different passions. You know, with technology nowadays, it's so easy to, um, to just ask the question, how can I incorporate everything into one center hub? And for me, well, the love of music, doing webcasts, doing uh, promote the music, or and doing webcasting is seems like a natural fit. Uh, the personal development I still use, obviously, when I'm dealing with people one on one. For example, when when I do interviews, not everyone is comfortable on camera like you guys are, and they they don't want to do it. Well, I take them aside for a couple of sessions, and I leverage the skill I learned in visualization and how to speak to them and listen to their speech pattern, help them readjust. So uh, my tagline is Bobby D more than just a webcaster type of thing, you know? So you, everybody <laughs> can incorporate their multiple passions and skills into one center hub, one way or the other. Don't worry about the how-tos though. Just make a decision you can do it and let it unfold organically and it will. Some of our friends say, if the why is big enough, the how really doesn't matter. Exactly. Well, you know, you got to trust. You really got to trust the creator. I say, yeah, I refer I, to my I creator as God I, and also the universe. And I sort of intertwine those two energy into one. And, um, you know, I'll take I'll take a pad of paper and and I have a lot of journals like this. And I'll just draw a line down the middle. And on the left side, I'm going to write down all my desires of the things I want. Right. My desires. And. On the other side, I will write how, but I'll put a big X over the how, and I'll just surrender that to God and let it unfold. So it's a game of patience. It's yeah. a game of patience, and it's a game of faith. You got to believe it. Got to have belief. You got to have faith. Yep, for sure. Amen. So my next question is really not a question. It's actually a statement. A statement where you fill in the blank at the end. So I'm going to say a statement. I'm going to end blank and I want you to fill it in with whatever you feel is appropriate. So we have heard this statement as life, liberty, and blank. So you fill in that third part that you feel would be appropriate if you were expressing a statement. Life, liberty, life, and blank. Liberty. Well, there's only, you know, there's only one energy and it's called love. And I say love, God, you know, it's your heart. And you say out loud, love, you can actually feel the resonance in your heart. And if you say God, you'll still feel the same vibration, same resonance. So it's life, liberty, and love. And I actually put love at the top of the list. 
love life and then you'll be free enjoy liberty you know yeah very nice and you've heard that one before too so i think a lot of people are really connected because i've heard that a few times so my next question for you would be would you be willing to share any weaknesses you have as far as you know entrepreneurship um anything you feel that you know you can definitely be stronger in or better with say that again you you broke up and i i missed the question Oh, sure. I was saying, would you be able to um, share with us any weaknesses you may have as far as entrepreneurship? Sure. Yeah. What my weakness, my weakness is I do not like to work with a big team. That's a weakness because as an entrepreneur, you need teams. You need to expand your team in order to get more accomplished. And I just feel, and the, and the reason for that weakness, I'll rationalize now, is because it slows me down. I don't like meeting after meeting after meeting. I like to hear an idea and let's get it done. And the more people on the team, for me, it just seems to slow me down. And at my young age, I don't want to be slowed down, you know? <laughs> no doubt. But don't feel bad, yeah, that's man, a, because I, I would agree that that's a weakness of mine, but my reason may be a little different than yours, mm. my reason simply is because people are so unreliable. People don't share the same passion. People That's will right. say they are, <clears throat> they're in it, but then they don't show up. You know, you can't exactly. show up in the 11th hour and make me feel that you're a part of, you know, it's a desire or you're a part of the team or the process. You have to be in it equally, if not more than me, maybe not in the beginning, but at some point you rise to the occasion and at another point, maybe you say, hey, help me to get better in this area or that area. And I usually do things alone because I know what it takes to get it done. I know what the equipment or the resources required. And let's just do it. I mean, I could. I, there have been countless times that I've done videos, music videos, um, so many uh, presentations, keynotes, where I go mm -hmm. to a keynote, I bring my own equipment to another uh, to a client set up my own gear shoot it Beautiful. mic myself up and just do the event and i catch all three angles go home and have fun editing to get a final result oh man beautiful beautiful yeah. but if i had someone that could say hey man i got you I i'm gonna work your wide angle camera and then i'll check on the two sides from time to time to make sure everything is being captured that would be perfect but people are unreliable sure. Exactly. No, I'm with you. Uh, but with automation, with, you know, we can create, we can be solo entrepreneurs and, or at least have one partner that complements, like, I don't like the administrative work of a business, you know, the accounting side and all that yep. stuff. Yep. Um, so it's important to have one key person there. And I had that partner for 10 years in, in, in our huge success online. And, um, but to, uh, to echo what you're saying is, with technology nowadays, you can create infrastructures to create that residual income. Like for example, memberships, subscription-based programs where you can create most of it because technology is so far advanced now, it's like it's so easy to do compared to 20 years ago, right? Yeah. So solo solopreneurs, uh, not a bad way to go if you want some freedom. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 
Absolutely. That was definitely a good one. So my next question for you would be, if you could, you know, do you have one of those memories that you feel like it's your motivation memory that keeps you going in business? It's like, you know, you reflect back on this one time and it's your motivation for anything or everything you do. Like, is there that one moment for you that you always get close to home that reminds you why you want to keep going? Do you have that certain childhood memory or rock bottom memory or, you know, anything that just definitely keeps you thriving all the time? Oh, for sure. Um, I think the, the, the top one would be when malnutrition starts to set in because you can't have three meals a day. That will motivate you. <laughs> so, so when I was homeless, um, I was highly motivated to make sure that wouldn't happen. And, you know, I've gone in Brazil uh, the, the, the first few years. I, I've gone nearly a week at times not able to eat. And, um, but I didn't view it the same way. I just looked at it as being a spiritual fast where I would get clarity and I would get energy, and I sure did. So, uh, but I could have freaked out because uh, there was no resource, no internet, no communication with the outside world, and I didn't have an internal network here. So, yeah, when you're you're hungry, pun intended, um, yeah, you, you you just seem to get out of bed and want to do a little bit more, and uh, and then you swallow your pride and you ask for help when you can. And not that you're going to receive it from a human, but I believe God works through humans uh, in order to attract the help that's required you know it's like last time i checked the homeless people here receive meals but god will provide for them because they have faith that their next meal is on the way but usually it's a human being that delivers the meal so yeah so yeah malnutrition <laughs> being physically hungry <laughs> that'll do it yeah so what do you have coming up next bobby we're like what what's going on with bobby nate Dignard today we're like what are you working on or working towards yeah, I'm working on a couple. One, I'm not able to disclose it, but I can tell you in concept, um, I was approached by a Grammy Award-winning uh, iconic uh, recording artist because I done the, the um, I did a 24-hour live webcast September 18th. Took nearly a year of preparation for that. Um, streamed 22 artists in 22 locations across the globe. So I was behind the console pulling all that talent into one webcast called the wave of love festival my good friend helmet wolf um director of wolf entertainment so and we're launching the replays of that this saturday um the 20th of what month are we now we're november already right november 20th um at promote the music.tv it's a free enrolled free view every week we're going to feature an artist i'll be live with the replay so it's live replay and um but because of that about six weeks ago, I had an iconic Grammy Award winner that if I mention the name, people, the baby boomers would say, if they don't know the name, they would know the bands he played with. And uh, now we're tooling up to do 52 radio shows with him. Uh, I've received uh, his radio show. I'm converting him to video shows. And uh, I don't know exactly when he's going to launch them. Probably late year, early 2022. But that's exciting in itself. And of course, I always reach out to people like yourself. We reconnected because of I saw your new CD and hey, let's do some prom promotion. I've got a new yeah. platform uh, at bobbyd.live and we'll promote you. We'll do an interview. We can play your music and I'm doing that. And um, I do the occasional interviews. Uh, I have other entrepreneurs that we mutually know. We've been in conversation to tool up yeah. for 
their own webcasts uh, later this year, like starting pre-production. I had nice. a, another Grammy Award winner contact me a couple of days ago. He wants me to do six podcasts to promote his, his little uh, mini film series uh, that he hopes will go in syndication with the big boys in the U.S. So all of a sudden, there's traction. Good. And it's coming at a very high level. And my studio, yeah, I still need to uh, keep on improving it, be ahead of the curve. But I'm quite happy with the, uh, the quality of people showing up. And um, I love what I do, man. It's that simple. So, yeah. That's great. Here I am. Yeah. So it's bobbyd.com. Is that the site? It's bobbydlive.com. That's where Bobby you'll D. find Live. my work, my bio. And where I stream live is bobbyd.live. And I do it from, and I meant to take that off during the interview, but you don't see it actually because it's cut away. But uh, it's from the TGWN.online studio. TGWN means the Global Webcasting Network, right? So it was too long, so I abbreviated a few years ago. And believe it or not, Charles, my first client in uh, 2003 out of Brazil was H. John Mejia. He reached out to me and... We did some work for his Good Life bed yeah. sheets. Uh, I did a bunch of little infomercials for him, did an interview. So, uh, and since then, I've done a lot of work with H. John Mejia, and um, he's such a joy to work with. He's so organized, and he comes from this industry in the real world, real cameras, studio, you know the work, yep. but I do it online. So, yeah, so lots happening, but hey, listen, I'm always open to quality entrepreneurs who want exposure through webcasting and uh, I pride myself in doing it differently at uh, a higher quality than most. Yeah. Well, I just want to take, uh, t- take the time to thank you for uh, giving up your time and sharing your story, a part of your story and giving us some insight on, you know, why people should really stay in the fight, stay in the mix. Uh, you know, you get tripped, you get knocked down, but the key is to keep getting up. You know, you may not always uh, win in the fashion that you think you should, but I think the real winning is by continuing to move forward. So with that being said, it. folks, uh, if you didn't have any questions or didn't post them, please feel free to post your questions. We will get your questions answered. And until the next time, you got to radiate the brain and change the game.